All right, do me a favor, as you're sitting down, turn to the person next to you and say, get ready. Get ready. If you haven't experienced some sort of freedom this morning yet, I believe God has this in store, so let's just get started this morning. Uh, just, I do want to say uh, welcome as well to all of our friends streaming online. Uh, we, we, just so you know, we've been doing streaming online for about three weeks. Elevation, we have more than 40 people streaming online every Sunday. Isn't that incredible? So hi, everybody. Can you say hey? Hey. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, um, who, I shouldn't say who has seen it. Who hasn't seen Moana, shall I say? Has, who saw Moana? All right. Well, if you haven't, it's a Disney movie, and um, I'm not going to give it away, I promise. Uh, I'm not going to give it away. Uh, but uh, the premise is all about this young girl named Moana. And she is born in this deep heritage for voyaging across the seas and traveling and finding different opportunities in different lands and treasures for generations to come. Well, there's been a curse on the sea, and so she is born with this deep passion, this deep desire to voyage where no man has voyaged for hundreds of years. And so she realizes that it's her destiny to voyage and break through the barriers beyond the reef into the unknown to find what lies beyond. And it is only through Moana taking the journey into the great unknown where she faces all sorts of disasters, conflicts, obstacles, storms, huge waves, circumstances, dangerous odds, and even probably the worst of it all is to experience the crossroads of life where she understands who she truly is and what she was created for and the purpose for her in that season of life for her to accomplish. It is then and only then that Moana does the unthinkable and to many, the impossible. And she breaks through this barrier into the unknown and finds breakthrough and freedom and victory that impacts generations of her heritage to come. And so in part three of emotional health or emotional healthy spirituality, or emotional healthy living, we're going to talk today about the journey, about the journey and something called the wall that we all face in our journey to break through into what God has for us that Christ Jesus died for. He came to seek and save the lost and give us abundant life. And so if you don't feel like right where you are in your journey today, Know that God has placed you in the specific seasons of life for you to learn about him, for you to grow more like him and in relationship with him, and to experience breakthrough and freedom like you've never expected. I love it in Ephesians, Ephesians 3, it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or think. That's the journey. That's what God wants to do on our journey. He wants to shape us and mold us and design us 
after his own son, Jesus Christ. That's the purpose of God in your life is to become more and more and more like Jesus. To see as he sees. Do you have Jesus' perspective? To feel as he feels. Do you know that Jesus had all emotion? And they were in perfect alignment with God the Father? To feel and allow your heart to take joy in what he is joyful about. And to allow your heart to break for what breaks his. Hmm. He longs to develop your relationships with one another, to develop healthy emotions, to develop and find healing and wholeness for your physical bodies. To love as he loves because church, the community out there in Blanchester and the surrounding communities will not know Christ until they see the love of Christ in us and through us. And that takes learning to grow more like Jesus. And healthy emotions and healthy living is also about giving like Jesus gives. Giving to what God values and serving God and serving others like Jesus in Philippians 2 was the greatest servant of all. Humbled himself, became obedient, even to the point of death. And that's the model that we have today. And so, for the rest of our time, we're going to rest in Ephesians 4. This whole series, we've been trying to discover truth in God's word out of Ephesians. So if you have your phone apps and your phones, go ahead and turn there. If not, uh, we'll put it on the screen. And if you have a, a hardcover book, as, a Bible as well, please turn to Ephesians 4. Now this is talking, I, 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 for the sake of time, I can't get into the whole structure of the church and the gifts of the church, maybe another time. But Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus and he's trying to get us to understand what the church was built for. And there's different assets and, uh, and facets and components to the body of Christ that makes us function and operate and motivates us and even to the point of blessing the church with a structure of leaders that we see in uh, Ephesians 4. So let's just read it real quick. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip. Everyone say equip. Equip. Good, you're still awake with me. Great. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. I thought the pastors do it all. For building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity, unity of faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to, what's that say, those two words, ready? Mature manhood, that includes you ladies as well. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Stop right there, that, wow. Do you realize that the body of Christ, if you are a follower of Christ, you have accepted that free gift of salvation and the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, lives in you, dwells in you, moves in you, activates in and through you. It says this, you are to grow into maturity. Imagine that. To the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what you're to look like. So that we may no longer be children. There's a purpose to this. Tossed to and fro by waves and carried about 
by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The Bible would call this kind of behavior spiritual immaturity. Spiritual immaturity. Rather, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to, what's those two words? Grow up. Say it again. Grow up. One more time. No. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. There's that word again. Teaching us, the Holy Spirit teaching us, us teaching each other and loving one another. One another growing together makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is what Jesus died for. This is what he died for. Yes, he died for your sin, but he died for your freedom and wholeness and righteousness to look like Jesus. You see, in Ephesians, the same book we're in, chapter 5, verse 1, you know what it tells us? It says, to be imitators of Christ Jesus. It's very clear. We're supposed to imitate Christ Jesus. And how do we best imitate Christ Jesus? We grow up. We grow up. We mature. We start producing the fruits of the Spirit. We start living out a life of love. And we start to value what God values. We start to balance our lives and we see mature fruit rise up in our lives. And all of a sudden, we wonder why people are drawn to us and people are changing because of us. It's because Christ Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, is growing us. And so today, I want us to take a look at three components of the journey of growing into mature believers of Christ. So number one, our, on our journey, we're going to look at growing up to become more like Christ. Grow up. Try saying that to your neighbor. No, don't do that. Number two, we're going to face the walls. All of us have walls of obstacles and challenges and testing in our lives. We're going to face the wall. And then number three is through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the freedom that Jesus bought for us on the cross. We're going to break through. We're going to break through and experience life that Christ has to offer. Life that you have never known. Life that you may have never thought or imagined. But we're going to the cross and the empty tomb to know that there is immeasurably more than all we could ask or think or imagine through bursting and breaking through that wall in our lives. So you're on a journey. We are all on a journey. And so may we look to the captain of our journey in prayer this morning. Father, Heavenly Father, King of kings, Lord of lords, our comforter, our counselor, Almighty God, we're listening. We're listening. Wake us up. Amen. Life is a journey, not a destination. My whole life, 
I'm trying to break this, everybody. So this sermon's for me. My whole life has been about the destination. It's been about the grass on the other side. It's been on, oh, if I could just have this, I would be here. Oh, if I could just shake this off. Or, oh, if I could just change the way that I pray, I'll see God do this and this and this and this. I'm always based on destination. Just like when we go to a concert, Lauren, Lauren's the exact opposite of me. She loves to enjoy a moment by moment by moment. She just loves to be in the present. For me, we're at a concert. I'm thinking the last quarter of the concert, how we're going to exit, get to the garage, and get out of the garage in time before we beat the, the, the crunch. And she's going, what, what, what's going on? I'm like, get up, honey, and we got to cross over 20 people, and the encore's going on, and, everyone, and, and I am on the destination. We go to Kings Island. I'm sorry, it is all mapped out. If we don't make the 3 o'clock show to this, we're not going to be able to ride this. But when it comes to life, let me tell you, when we hit life's trials, Lauren and I are in the same boat. We're looking for the quickest route to get over the hump, to get over the wall and the obstacle. We're looking for the quickest route to get to our destination. And so often we forget that God actually wants to do the growth and the refining and the maturing in us through life's trials. That's where it happens. And so, hear me. In life, especially when there's storms of life that you have to face and go through, if you're always constantly thinking and looking and planning to the other side, you will miss the blessings of the presence of Jesus right in the middle of the storm. And then guess what? If you don't grow through that storm, guess what God does? He puts you in another storm until you will open your eyes and see that he wants to do something so great in you. He wants to do surgery in you. He wants to change you to look more like him in you so that that storm of life can be behind you and you can grow up in every way in Christ Jesus. Watchman Nee, one of my favorite authors on the Spirit of God, says this, the Christian experience from start to finish is all about the journey of faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 12 tells us that it's the assurance of things hoped for that God has promised us and the evidence of things not seen. It's the unknown. It's the walking in the uncomfortable. Your journey is not about comfort. Because if you stay comfortable, you won't change. If you won't change, you won't grow up. You like that inflection? Grow up. And you know, uh, most, of you, most of you know that uh, Lauren, uh, we're expecting our, our second. And so she's in her second trimester right now. How many mamas in this place? Okay. Some of you are exhausted. They're like, Yes. I see our journey a lot like the birth process. And again, here's a man talking about the birth process. So ladies, please don't hit me or don't punch me. I'm not, I, I don't understand what you go through, okay? But I walk with my, my wife and I'm able to observe and support her as much as I can. But here's the thing, at conception, 
everything changes, doesn't it, ladies? Is now you have something growing inside of you. Sometimes I look pregnant, but it's not, you know. You have grown something grow focus, Phil. You have something growing inside of you, and your body has to adapt and stretch and enlarge to make room for this baby. This life. And from the moment of conception, you are nurturing this baby when you, when you know it and when you don't know it. And so everything starts to hurt and stretch and do weird things to your body. And it affects your emotions and your hormones and all of that. And then we get to the baby getting to a healthy stage of development to where it can start to work its way out of the womb and into the breath and the freshness of life that they were created for. But what gets the baby out of the womb? It's the pain. It's the contractions. It's the pressure. Can you imagine if you kept that baby in you for two years? No. There'd be some really grumpy women around here. <laughs> and some really unsatisfied men. Uh, I love this. But it's through the pain. And can you imagine, ladies, if your doctor said, just stop, it's okay. Stop pushing. It's okay. We'll just, we'll just let this baby rest there until they're ready to come out. No, he says, keep pushing. Keep breathing. Keep focused. Push on through. That's exactly what the journey of spiritual health looks like. But so often, we stop at the birthing process of the delivery because it's painful and it hurts and it's not fun. And yes, it sucks. It's horrible. It's painful. Who wants to go through it? But man, when that baby comes out, look at the joy and the life and the, and the miracle that happens. And so our first point is growing up. God calls us to grow up. God never designed us to stay in a place of infancy and childhood and even teenager years. Now granted, he wants to bless you and grow you in those seasons, but he doesn't want you to stay there. How weird would it be if all of you walked in next Sunday with diapers on? Well, that depends. <laughs> um, bibs. And rattles, and some of you walked around with pacifiers in your mouth. That would be weird, but it would make for a really good church directory. But it would be weird. It would be wrong. And yet so many of us aren't growing spiritually into the likeness of Christ, and we wonder why things aren't working and falling into alignment. We wonder why we have to go through storm after storm after sto storm. It's almost like God saying, Bueller, Bueller, wake up. Trust him. Grow. Break on through. And as believers in Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, that's the only way, guys, I need to grow up. You need to grow up. The church of Jesus Christ was never developed 
to have the theme song from Peter Pan. I won't grow up. You know that one? I don't want to go to school to be, learn to be a parent and recite a silly rule. Right? No, I'm not going to sing it again. But that's how we stay spiritually. Look at Ephesians 4, verses 20 to 24. I'm not sure if it's up here or not, Will. I, I'm not sure if I gave that to you. Go to your phones if you have it. It says this, but that is not the way you learned Christ. He's talking to the Ephesians and said, this is the ways of the Gentiles and the foolishness and the childishness is not the way we learned Christ, assuming that you've heard from him and were taught in him. Now it says this, put off your old self. Grow up, which belongs to your former manner of life and is in and, and it's corrupt and deceitful. And it says to be renewed in your spirits of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of Christ. The body of Christ should look like Ephesians verses 14 and 15. It says this, we just read it in the beginning. It says this, do not be children tossed to and fro by the waves carried by every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, grow up in Christ in every way. We expect our kids to grow up. How many of you want your child living with you at the age of 40? No, you don't. We need to grow up and somehow we don't expect ourselves to grow up spiritually. I'll say it anyways. And we wonder why people don't want to come to church. Because they're filled with Christians who just won't grow up. Lord, don't let that be me. Don't let that be me. We must grow up and be mature in Christ, reflect Christ. How often, just take an inventory in your own life, no raising hands, no bumping shoulders. How often are we anxious? Consumed with worry? Offended by others? Comparing ourselves to others? Judging others? Finding ourselves in gossip? Wishing things would just slow down and be much, much different as they are? If only, if only, if only. How often are you really irritable? Quick-fused? Angry, jealous, bitter. Maybe you're even in a season where you're finding yourself get to the point of rage. How often do you find yourselves ignoring what God is calling you to do and being disobedient to what you know you're supposed to do and then blaming God for the consequences? And if it's not God, we blame others for the state we're in. How often do you feel like your life is just spinning out of control with all the commitments and priorities, plans, demands that you or others place on yourself? If only we could slow down and make time for the things that really matter. Well, all you have is now. And if you can relate to any of these, I relate to so many of them. 
then it's time to grow up. It's time to walk the journey of faith and to let go and grow up. And here it is. We must grow up. We must give up, meaning we need to give up our control, our sense of, our sense of, uh, um, of identity, our sense of uh, entitlement. Our sense of selfishness and self-righteousness. We need to give that up. Our sense of pride. We need to give that up. And we need to look up. And we need to surrender. The problem is, church, as we get to this point, that's called the wall. Welcome to my elementary um, writing. I never passed the second grade in writing. The wall. The wall. So in our journey to experience breakthrough, every one of us is going to come against what's called the wall. The wall will look very different for each person, and we encounter the wall for different reasons. Sometimes we're going, we're going to encounter the wall when we go to RLI, and we go back to our past, and we go back to the Word, and we understand that there's roots of unforgiveness, roots of bitterness, roots of jealousy, roots of sin in your life that you were not even aware of. And so sometimes we hit the wall, and I know this is a small marker, but with our past. Sometimes we hit our wall for circumstances out of our control. You can't control the wall and the things that you encounter. There are some things, however, you control, and you hit the wall because you have sin in your life. You have sin in your life. Who wants to break through this wall? I mean, it's intimidating. It keeps us stuck. And 1 Peter says this. 1 Peter 1, uh, chapter 1 says this. In this you rejoice for now for a little while, if necessary. If necessary. So if you're going through the storm, it's necessary. <laughs> you will have trials and tribulations of many kinds. Guess what he says? Take joy. What Paul is saying is suck it up. Take joy. Like run after these trials because why? It grows us in the likeness of Christ. It brings us patience. It brings us endurance and steadfastness. And it produces character inside of us. But instead, what do we do? We allow the pride of our hearts to keep us from the wall. We make excuses to justify why we shouldn't break through. We listen to other voices that tell us who we are. We believe lies and are deceived from the enemy and from others and lies within our heads. One of the biggest ones that keep us from breaking through is comfort. You can't be comfortable and climb a wall. My wife and I went to RockQuest in Sharonville. Wow. Those walls were big. And those hand grasps weren't big. They were small. 
But the problem is, is to get up to the wall, you got to start climbing. You have to go to the wall and face the wall. And then you bring other people around you. I had a trainer and my wife who supported. Come on, you can do that. Come on, you can. Hey, there's one to the left. Look there. No, I don't want to look there. Look there. There's one to the left. And things that are outside of our view and perspective that people can say, you can do it. And one step at a time, one step at a time, I finally got to the top, and oh, man, the ecstasy, the enjoyment, the adrenaline rush. And the way to just come on down, you just rest, and they just bring you down on a rope. But you have to face the wall, and it's hard, and it's difficult, but you got to face it and start climbing. you got to start climbing you got to start climbing. And here's the, the, here's the awesome, awesome thing. It's on the screen about our trust in Christ. The author Pete Scazzaro says this, many believers end up getting stuck when they face their wall. Tragically, they fail to see the larger picture of the transforming work God seeks to do in them at their wall. The disorientation and the pain of their present circumstances blinds them, and they feel unsuccessful in finding companions for such a journey. Have you been there? What most don't understand is that with is the growth in maturity in Christ requires us to go through the wall. And it's not Chris, by the way, it's Christ. We need to make choices to trust God, to wait on God. To obey God, to stick with God, to remain faithful when everything in us wants to quit and run. Here's the thing. When you accept Jesus into your life, and you receive all that he has for you, you are saved. You are a new creation. However, it's not until you obey that you begin to grow like Christ. God has so many things in front of you that he's just asking you to obey him, to trust in him. And so we have to grow up, and in order to grow up, we need to give up. And then we need to look up. That's where freedom lies. Let me start to close with this. If Jesus isn't the king of your heart, then someone else or something else is. And the only way to experience breakthrough in the wall and to have confidence to climb that wall, to break through that wall, is for King Jesus to be king of your heart. That means you grow up and you give up and you look up. That's when we can start to say, church, that in all things, God works together for good. The horrible pain, the sickness, the circumstances, those who've betrayed us and the rejection and our horrible past and the excuses and the pride and the selfishness that we're bearing, guess what? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Second Corinthians says this, 
Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Wow. Let's try this again like you actually will believe it and maybe match some of my energy. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Now let's try it one more time because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Any mountain you may climb, all he says is you need a mustard seed of faith to speak to that mountain and it will be moved. What do we do? We come up to the mountain and we see our past and we run the other way. And Jesus says, no, I have been victorious and I have made you more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Why are you letting a stupid mountain, a wall in front of you, keep you from the abundant life that he has for you? And so where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Let's try it again. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Freedom! There is freedom from your past. There is freedom from your sin. There is freedom from the wall. And it is only through breakthrough that you can start to grow up as mature believers. It's time to grow up. It's time to break through. I am broken for so many of you who are just stuck. Your marriage looks impossible the addictions in your life have their chokehold around you anxiety dictates your life but Jesus died for your freedom he died for you to have life how can we really be in love with a Savior who doesn't give us life way more than we could have on our own? Don't let the wall in front of you stop you. But grow up in every way which is Christ. Maybe, just maybe today as the band comes up, maybe, just maybe, you need a new perspective this morning to see your mountains as blessings as Paul says it, rejoice with many tribulations and trials. You've just seen them as the enemy. Maybe they're not the enemy at all. Maybe it's God's blessing awaiting you. Imagine that. Is the Spirit awakening you this morning? Because it's only by the Spirit. My words will just hit deaf ears if it's not by the Spirit awakening you. But church here at Elevation Community Church, we need to grow up. When we stay children, Ephesians 4 happens to us where we're tossed to and fro. Everything catches us. We're overwhelmed by losing our jobs. We're overwhelmed by this. And I understand pain and circumstances happen and the walls happen in our life and they're not easy. But Jesus never promised life to be easy. Jesus said, in this world you will have many hurts and trials and tribulations, but take hope because I've overcome the world. That's the hope we have. Man, I love you guys. I love you guys. I believe in you guys. I believe in your marriage. I believe in you men. You men of valor, men of courage, step up and lead your families like Christ would have you. Come on, you got this. Love your wife, even though she doesn't return that love. She will. Women, 
Stop living your life centered around your kids. Live your life centered around Jesus who died for you. Your kids, Jesus wants to bless them and take care of them and use you to lead them. But if they don't see Christ in you, who are they going to become? This isn't in my notes. This is God speaking to you. So go ahead, band. Let's start. And I'm going to pray. Father God, we come to the altar this morning right where we're at. We bow our hearts and we seek you. God, we are desperate for you. And Lord, we know when we are desperate for you that you will come and deliver us. And when you deliver us, Lord, you will place a determination in our hearts to run through every wall that is divinely placed and orchestrated in our lives to become more like Jesus. And as we're determined, we know that we're going to become disciplined. And as we become disciplined, there is nothing, nothing that will be able to stop us and divide us and separate us from the love of God. If you believe that this morning, would you stand? Let's put our hands together and let's worship Jesus.